0: morning, I am Marshall Davis, and this is another episode of the non dual teachings of Jesus. This one I've called homecoming. one of the most famous stories that Jesus ever told was the parable of the prodigal son. It's also his most misinterpreted in this episode today, I want to show how through this story Jesus was talking about what he called the Kingdom of God, and which I call unitive awareness or Christian non-duality. Now just in case this tale is not fresh in your mind, I'm going to briefly retell it. There was a wealthy man who lived in the Middle East who had two sons and one day his younger son asked for his inheritance and his father agreed. The son took the money And left for a far country where he squandered all of it until he was penniless. And right then, famine hit the land, which made his situation even more desperate. He was starving in a foreign country. So he decided to go home. He reasoned that even if it meant being a servant in his father's house, at least he wouldn't go hungry. So... He headed home, and on the way he practiced his homecoming speech to his dad. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he did this over and over again as he walked home, but when he got within sight of his home, his father saw him from a distance, and he ran out to meet him and embraced him. The son immediately starts in on his prepared speech, but the father wouldn't have any of it. The father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate that's not the end of the story the older son now makes an appearance he is coming home from a hard day of work in the fields and he hears a party going on in the house so he asks a servant what's happening and the servant explains that his brother has come home and his father has thrown him a homecoming celebration this makes this older son furious and he refuses to go into the house So his father comes out to talk to him. He says to his father, Look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat that I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, you kill the fatted calf for him. The father replies, My son, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours, but we had to celebrate and be glad, because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Now, the way this parable is usually interpreted in Christian circles is is this way that we are sinners who need the forgiveness of our Heavenly Father. The younger son is like people who overtly and obviously sin. The older son is a self-righteous, religious person who follows all the moral and religious rules of behavior but is not right in his heart. So both are lost in their own way and the solution for both This interpretation says it is to repent and repeat the prayer offered by the Son. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And then the Father God will have mercy on us, forgive us, and welcome us into his eternal kingdom. The organ plays just as I am, and Billy Graham invites sinners to walk down to the front of the stage. Now, does the story that Jesus told support that interpretation? No. In fact, the story teaches exactly the opposite. There is no repentance and forgiveness in this story, much to the chagrin of preachers who wish it was there. The younger son really doesn't seem to be sorry if you read the story carefully. He just doesn't want to starve to death. And when he begins to recite his prepared sinner's prayer, the father completely dismisses it as unnecessary and irrelevant. The father, who represents God, completely ignores The words of confession and repentance offered by the younger son. There is no need for any forgiveness as far as the father is concerned, which completely undercuts the traditional interpretation of the story. The father speaks and acts in such a way as to communicate that he had always considered the prodigal son. He never held a grudge. He always considers him his son. He was never angry at him. He did not have to be appeased by a well-prepared apology, and certainly not with a human sacrifice, as came in later in Christian theology. Instead, he ignores all the groveling, and he tells his servants to bring all the symbols of being a son and an heir best robe, and a ring on his finger, and sandals on his feet, and have a party to celebrate the reunion. This leaves this younger son shocked and in amazement. That moment of pure grace and love is the point of the story. The church, as usual, has it all wrong has nothing to do with repentance and forgiveness. The meaning is clear once we let go of this interpretation. The prodigal son always had the status of son. He was always heir to everything the father had, even after he went away and spent everything in wild living. The kingdom was always his, and it was impossible for him to lose it, regardless of what he did. So there was no need to plead to be accepted back. No need to become a servant. He was an heir. It was just a matter of waking up to that reality. That's the kingdom of God. We are heirs of the kingdom. We are sons and daughters of God, loved saved, enlightened, awakened, liberated, whatever you want to call it. We already are what we're hoping to become. We already have everything we long for, and there's no way to lose it. We just didn't know this was the case. We just need to accept this reality and celebrate it. This is all about the sun awakening. To this reality. But That's not the end of the story. Now the, the second son enters. The second son never left home. But he also never really partook of the kingdom either. He never knew what he had. So he was in just as bad a shape as his brother who had gone off to the far country. In fact, he was actually in worse shape. He was a slave to his own ideas and understanding of his situation which was not true. He was in a, in a prison cell of his own making when he had the key and he didn't know it. He saw himself as nothing more than a servant in his father's kingdom. We see that in the words that he speaks to his father in his anger when he says to his father, "Look." All these years I have been slaving for you, and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends, but when the son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. But what this older son was thinking wasn't true. Everything of his father's was always his. He was in bondage to his own ignorance. So his father tries to explain this to him. His father says, My son, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The source of this older son's miserable condition of inner suffering was his own unawareness. All he had to do was accept his father's explanation and believe it. He could join the party called the Kingdom of God, but he didn't do it. Going back to the first son, it seems that you have to go out into duality, into the far country in order to be able to come back again. We have to leave in order to return. We have to leave Eden to return to paradise. We have to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, duality, before we can eat of the tree of life. We have to move to that far country. We have to leave childhood, become an adult, in order to have a second birth. Jesus said that little children are already of the kingdom, but that we have to become as little children again to enter the kingdom of God. Only then can we see that we are always children of God, always in the presence of the Father, and the whole kingdom is ours. All we need are eyes to see, and when we wake up, then we are reborn or resurrected from death to life. That is the term that the Father uses here. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again, he was lost and is found. This is the meaning of death and resurrection. It is all about coming back to our spiritual home and realizing that we never left. As T.S. Eliot wrote, we shall not cease from exploration and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time. This is the kingdom of God. We are in the kingdom of God. We just need to open our eyes. That is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net My blog Spiritual Reflections can be found at marshalldavis.us There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.